Hey, this is Triple M's homegrown right around the country on the brand new listener app, 52 stations. It is uh, an absolute thrill to finally be chatting to this man on here, a band I've been wanting to get on this show for quite a while. One of the hardest working bands in the country. Definitely worth celebrating. I'm talking about... Bad Dreams, tracks like Feel It Remains. Mansfield 2.0, one of the best live bands you'll ever see. You are the morning and I was An incredible back catalogue, Double Dreaming 2. And you're loving this on 13353, no surprise. So what you think about Jack, based in Adelaide and Melbourne, uh, joined by a good friend, uh, Mr. Alex Cameron from the band, joining me in Bendigo. How are you, man? It's such a pleasure to have you here on this show. I'm well, thanks for having me. Uh, how's the tour been, man? I know you wrapped up some shows, Sydney, Melbourne, you've been to Launceston too, all selling out. It must be such a buzz to have new music, man, and to, you know, know these shows are sold out before you even get there. It's a pretty special feeling. Yeah, it's always amazing. It's been three years since we were able to play our own headline shows. Like yeah. This. It's been great. Um, how, how do things go, man? Like you, like you said before, you know, you've got some members in Adelaide, you've got some members in Melbourne. How does it go as far as the writing process? Is it it's, uh, exchanging voice memos and things like that? Yeah, usually me and Ben, um, the singer, will write ideas and then yep. get together with, with Miles, the drummer, start to flesh them out, and then the other guys come in, um, sort of, and we make, yeah, we want to make sure they always work as something the band plays together. And yeah. any, if anyone has any other ideas, they're always thrown into the mix. That works works pretty well. Yeah, sick man. I've got a little bit of uh, introduction here. I found of you introducing the band uh, online. We all met at our local football club. Ben kind of was a budding star. He was in the top grade. Bart's and I kicked around in the reserves. Me, the aging veteran who resorted to dirty tactics. Bart's a sneaky foot pocket. <laughs> Still hadn't grown into his body yet. Stop. And Miles is probably the most reputable footballer who played in the C grade. And then Ali came on board. Um, down the track, he doesn't play football. Oh, I like it. Field hockey. <laughs> Shoot <laughs> hoops. More a field, field hockey man. <laughs> I really like that, man. Does anyone still play footy in the bat? Um, nah. nah. Oh, we're all past it these days. <laughs> we've, had few, we've had a few community cup showings. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, but, nah, we, I mean, we're all, <laughs> yeah. we're all bugged now. <laughs> yeah, um, man. But footy, yeah, we're still um, pretty interested in, in football. We, yeah. we sponsored Wanderers Footy Club up in Darwin. Oh, did you? Um, the other year. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, in actual in actual fact, though, we did. I, I lie. We did play football recently. We were we toured through Arnhem Land in August. Yeah, uh, right. It was amazing. And the last stop was Kalkarinji at this thing called the Freedom Day Festival, which commemorates the uh, Garinji Walk Off, uh, the famous sort of start of the land rights movement in right in Australia. And so it was a sports and music festival. Yeah, right. They put a call out. Over the loudspeaker, it's like, oh, come and register your footy team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a crew of about, it was us and Black Rock Band. Yeah. And then there was a few other crew members and, you know, they'd played a bit of footy and we was like, oh, we've almost got a footy team. <laughs> yeah, sounds man. like it's a bit of a social a social thing. Let's let's register. Yeah, cool. So we go in and they give us the footy jumpers that didn't fit us. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and anyway, we come to the first game. Yeah. And the other side. It turns out it's not social at all. Like all these <laughs> yeah. different communities in the desert yeah. had been training for months for this. It's obviously like a real source of pride. And so yeah. we knew we were in a bit of trouble, but we'd got a few ring-ins as well. We'd found a few um, 
local Indigenous lads who, who were actually really good. And, in fact, one of the guys in Black Rock Band, he'd played oh, cool. Essendon back in the day. No way, man. And so we actually played really well and we were ahead at half time before, before our before our fitness really uh, came <laughs> yeah. proper and we, <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we lost and then we pulled out of the carnival because everyone was so buggered they couldn't face, <laughs> face doing anymore. So how long were you there for all up, man, when you were in doing, doing all that? Oh, it was like tour took about two and a half weeks. Yeah, right. Now, this wasn't the Up the Guts touring, was it? Is this separate? Oh, uh, yeah, that was the thing put yeah. together by Guts. Yeah, yeah. through one. Through, uh, through Arnhem Land and surrounds. Man, talk to me about doing that. I, I was talking to Jack when, uh, when it was announced and I was looking at all the different lineups of different states and I spoke to uh, good friends of yours, bands who uh, referenced you in the new album, Press Club. What was it like doing that tour, man? It, it seems like uh, a pretty special experience and quite unique too. Well, something very important for us, um, you know, rec- learning more about the um, true history of this country and mm. Aboriginal culture and people is something that's important to us. And so this trip, was a, was a was a way to do that the the culture and history in that part of australia is very rich and continuous and um yeah we are obviously recognized that we're sort of following in the footsteps of what midnight all and warumpi band did which yeah. is um and then yeah we didn't really know what to expect i mean i'd worked up there a little bit i'd been to man and greed one of the communities once before but yeah even having done that it's just nothing can prepare you for for that part of the world yeah um, it's very confronting very amazing very moving but really it it's 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 yeah obviously everyone's asked about what that trip was like and it's mm. quite hard to put into words like yeah um, it really does feel like going into another nation yeah everyone else you're not english isn't the first language yep and then there's you know sixty thousand years of continuous culture in these places and so um, you really feel like a, a fish out of water, been in a good yeah. way. Mm. And the people of all these communities are incredibly welcoming and incredibly willing to share their um, knowledge and culture and stories and music in this case with us. So that was very moving. And um, yeah, the whole thing was pretty life-changing for all of us, I'd say. Yeah, that, that's the feeling I get. And it's like, uh, probably unlike any other tour, obviously it's not when you go to capital t- capital cities and you play your shows, to go away for an extended period of time and, and with the other bands too. It must have been quite a set special experience, not only for you guys in the band, but the people you were doing it with too, like something yeah. you will never forget. Yeah, well, we, we travelled in the same bus with the guys from Black Rock Bands who yeah. come from sort of um, Jabiru, Gunbalanya area, so we became very close with them. And, and the other side of it was, yeah, we've obviously done touring where you play every day, sort of the UK yep. type of tours which is grueling but mm. this that took it to another level because we're driving on all the roads up there are unpaved yes driving at like 30 k's an hour for in a bus for six hours and then you get to the next community in the baking heat and we had to unpack the there's no venues there or anything so we're just playing outside or yeah right before, so i gotta unpack the pa and all yeah. the lights and gear set it up which is and then, you know, we're sleeping in swags. Yeah. Everyone got sick at some stage. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really physically arduous as well, but that kind of added to it. Can you tell us what it meant to kind of perform in these communities too, to see like, uh, you know, people watching a band like you play? You know, I, I imagine that's quite rare and, you know, quite rare for you to obviously play in a, in a situation like that too. Yeah, well, we certainly weren't the main attraction. Black rock band, yes. uh, I like the oasis of Arnhem Land. Yeah, so yeah, they. Yeah. 
they were the headline act. Yeah. And no one had heard our music before. Yeah. But they, yeah, like I said, there was music is a massive part of um, the culture up there. And um, it's a very interesting musical milieu. It incorporates sort of the gospel music from the missionary influence. Obviously, it's tra- traditional song lines, so melodies that are thousands of years old. Yeah. Then they're really reggae's a, a big thing. Yep. And then metal as well. And if you can imagine all of those things <laughs> yeah. put together and mixed up, that like that's a, like um, kind of what the, the the music's up there's like. And in every community, we'd be setting up the show, and then we'd get word, oh, someone's you know the Saltwater Band's going to play, or oh, someone, like all these bands, and some of them quite legendary would just they'd they'd get word that the show was on, so there'd be you know two or three bands at the start of each gig just playing this amazing stuff and every 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 place had a little bit of a different flavor wow man um, music and yeah i mean what it emphasized to us is what we already know and why we love love music yeah um, music is such a great means that you can go to this place where um you know you don't speak the same language yeah. you have incredibly different experiences and um upbringings and different levels of privilege but music is the medium through which you can come together um which is so special. Absolutely, man. I, I got, yeah, because I remember I, I follow up the guts and then, of course, uh, the launch of your podcast, The Who Heart, like I've, I've listened to it. It's all, it's pretty powerful stuff, you know, with Richie from the Black Rock Band. You've got, you know, Marlon Motlop as well. And then, of course, uh, Michael O'Loughlin, uh, Sydney legend. I'm just going to play a quick excerpt from, uh, from that chat. Racist things just keep happening. What do you envisage for an organisation like the AFL? And because it is such a large part of Australian culture, how can it? How can we fix it? Like Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people, we we are reconciliationed out. We need the rest of Australia to, to join this and, and to join us and help us. We can't keep lifting the heavy load all the time. Adam Goods can't continue to do it. Michael Long can't continue to no. do it. We need the rest of Australia to join in. It's common sense. It's the decent thing to do. It's how do we want our young children to sort of grow up in this i think australia is an amazing country we've got everything here yet we've got all this bigotry and and, and racism and my view is we, this incredible country is just waiting to be to, to to really thrive here and i think we can but but for whatever reason racism still plays this mm. this ugly it's ugly head that is an excerpt from uh bad dreams podcast hoo-ha which you can find everywhere uh, wherever you stream your podcasts, I'm joined uh, by Alex from the band Bad uh, Bad Dreams. Uh, it must be, you know, an incredibly, you know, powerful experience to play in these regional communities as well. But to sit down and to talk to someone like Adam Goods uh, about an issue like this as well uh, m- must be an, a different kind of experience too, man. Yeah, uh, it's it's extremely special mm. and affirming. Like when I wrote that song, Jack, I definitely had reservations. Yeah even though I was speaking as frankly as I could, mm. the thing is I needed to be sure that this, you know, do Aboriginal people want me yeah. um, weighing into this? Mm. And is it is it right for someone of my position yeah. who never experienced um, those things to be weighing in on this? Yeah, That's why the song really is written from the white man's point of view. It's about mm. what we haven't learnt yeah. and what, what I think and the stories that we should be telling um, about the true history of Australia. But as part of that process, then ran the song by people like mm. uh, Marlon and the Black Rock Band lads, um, uh, Bo, who does the Frontier Wars podcast, yep. Michael O'Loughlin, 
Yeah. And what was amazing was that these people, like us, it's a bit the same as when we went to the communities and they're just so welcoming and willing to share their culture. Yeah. These people were like, thank you. Yes, this, is so, this means so much to us that you guys are lending your voice to this. Yeah. Um, and that's echoed in all of these podcasts we've done so far. Yep. Even though you've got ab- Aboriginal people from quite different environments, like Richie, who um, grew up in the community, mm. Marl, Larrakia man, from, but mainly grew up in Darwin, and then Mickey O'Loughlin, um, mainly in Adelaide. Mm. But the one consistent theme is they are fired from carrying the burden of trying to improve the way Australia understands its past and the way Australia recognises yeah. Indigenous people. Mm. And, you know, it is it is important that white, white Australia helps. Yeah, it's been immensely flattering and humbling that, mm. that um, those people are have connected with the song and, um, and, and are thankful for the message. And, in fact, even, you know, other things have happened, like um, a bloke from uh, the Indigenous Desert Alliance, it's called, which is basically all the Indigenous rangers of Australia got in contact and uh, invited us up to go to their sort of annual meeting wow. at Uluru next week. So I'm going to pop wow. up. And, yeah, so, like, that is just, yeah, as a songwriter um, who wants to communicate with people and, um, in this case, sort of get people thinking um, about what they know and questioning the status quo, the fact that, you know, it's resonated like that is it is pretty good. It, uh, it's, it's been incredible, Alex. I, I remember we were all kind of listening to it uh, just here at work and it was one of those moments where the song stopped and it was just silence. It was just like, it was such an incredibly powerful song and that's the response we're getting from everyone. And um, I, I know what you mean about the writing of this song and like you said, uh, almost, you know, asking people, is it okay to kind of sing about this? How, can you go, can you go on more on, on the response? Like you said, you know, you're being invited to Uluru. How has the reception been to, to listeners and, and to playing it live too? It is oil-esque, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, one thing we've all, we, that, essentially we're always, a, you know, Bad Dreams is a live band. Mm. And so we've always believed in the old adage that I'm sure you've, you've you know, you understand as well from, from your um, music experiences is, if you can get a song that works live yeah. um, and gets a response live, it's a very good litmus test. And, yeah, we started playing Jack basically as soon as we started playing shows after the pandemic and mm. um, we could tell that it was resonating with people. Obviously, like I said, everyone was a little bit trepidatious about what was going to – what the response would be, but the response from our fan, ga- fan base has been amazing. Yeah. Like, the great thing about our fan base is – um, you know, it's made up pretty much of people like us, just like normal, normal people, yeah. normal blokes, um, ranging in a all sorts of ages. But they all are, you know, they generally um, are b- believe in things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's yeah. They, and this has been no exception. Mm. Interesting though. Ironically, the one media outlet that sort of wrote about the song was the Australian. Yeah, um, mainly because of Andrew, you know Andrew McMillan. He's the the journalist that does their arts bit. Who's a you know really good music writer and mm. likes the song. But then when you're putting it out into that environment, you see the comment section online and just disgusting yeah. racism, basically. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, that's also quite satisfying because the point of this is to bring those people out. I think, like I said in that interview, I'm lucky being a um, white person privileged upbringing i'm quite happy to take 
those redneck um, Australians on mm. because, you know, it doesn't – I'm not having to carry the burden like those yeah. – like the Michael O'Loughlin's, the Adam Goods, the Marlon Motlock. I'm, you know, feel very willing and able to stand beside them and, and take on those wankers because, you know, it's gone on too long that that kind of rhetoric goes unquestioned. Yeah. And I, I know we've all – you know, as you know with this stuff – We've all been guilty of it. You know, you're standing at the pub and some knob, you know, says something racist and instead of actually confronting them, you just sort of, you know, sort of awkwardly don't do anything. Yeah. And um, what this is about is is changing that. And in fact, the jack in the song or one of the one of the jacks that you're referring that I'm referring to is those generations of Australians above us. And um, some of those people, um, unfortunately, have very racist attitudes but some of them are not at all they just are not you know they've just never had the benefit of teaching and learning about this stuff yeah. and so this is a direct a direct challenge to those people from our generation i think our generation now is ready to actually look at the truth of australian history and lay it out there yeah. and not not just not just shirk away from it because it's difficult or not just not just shirk away from it from it's all because it's awkward yeah but actually say hang on let's actually have a look at where we're at and let's you know let's be honest with each other and ourselves alex well said man it's an incredible song an incredible message everything you're doing uh i'm just in awe of and and like i said if uh you are listening right now bad dreams a hoo-ha podcast incredible guests michael o'loughlin marlon motlop and uh richie from the black rock band uh alex it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and uh i'm so glad this song is out an incredibly important message People are uh, reacting to it. They're getting around it. They're supporting it. And uh, I'm just so glad to see that, you know, all your shows are selling out. And uh, thank you for putting a song out there like this, man. It's, it's incredibly important. And uh, thanks so much for having a chat. Can I just, can I just add one thing in? I was reflecting on, um, you know, how long you and I have known each other. And I don't know if the, li- the listeners might find this interesting. Would have been about 2005, living in Melbourne and first getting into the music scene. Mm. And... Um, one of my, I remember quite an inspiring moment was wandering in or getting into the, the Duke of Windsor and there was a young band up there. Yeah. I think they were, they were, you know, they were even still at school perhaps. Yeah. And that place was packed. They were ripping through an amazing set, amazing buzz. And that, of course, was, was British India <laughs> fe- featuring yours truly. I mean, featuring you, um, Matt, on drums. And yeah, so much respect to you. Um, known you ever since that time. And yeah, yeah you've always been a, a legend, a great musician, and yeah, it's great to speak to you it's, in this medium. It's a uh, it's, it's a beautiful friendship, man. I, I remember you guys were there that night, and you said to us, "You go, you guys should check out a band called Arcade Fire." And we'd never heard of, <laughs> and we'd never heard of them before. Yeah, a little little band. <laughs> yeah, well, they they probably were a little band then. Yeah, I think it was just after the release of that debut. Yeah, well, I remember meeting you guys in the front bar, and uh, yeah, it, it's such a lovely moment, man. And to, and to have you as a, a close and dear friend for for all these years, and to see all the success you've had, you know, musically and professionally too. Uh, it's uh, I couldn't be happier, man. It's it's a really special moment. This, and uh, I can't wait to have you. And the band in studio will uh, will delve into everything a bit more. But man, this has been a really beautiful chat, man. And and thanks for taking time out. Thanks, brother.